and welcome in to the Draft Good Players Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Eisner, doing a solo show here tonight, breaking down some of the top rookie quarterbacks and what you should do with them as we head into the biggest week of drafts in the NFL. And and quite frankly, there are still a few people out there that have not done their rookie drafts yet, or they're going to come up here as we get closer and closer to Labor Day weekend. So I'm going to break down the rookie passers, when we think they might play, if they might play, and what to expect if you add one to your team. But a couple of housekeeping notes here off the very top. The first being an apology. We did not have a midweek episode with Ray and Keith this week. Some things came up that prevented that from happening, but don't fear. No worries. They will be back later this week for that midweek show as we get closer and closer to week one of the NFL season. But let's also get into some housekeeping here and let's talk about with the NFL season on the way and college football season already here. Week zero is in the books. I've already used Bet Online. I already have my first college football teaser of the year where you can do whatever you want to do, but we have a huge, huge weekend of college football coming up. Uh, headlined by just monster games. The, you know, we're going to have a big TDN uh, get together activation in Atlanta for Oregon, Georgia, a marquee matchup there. But maybe you're not able to get out there. Maybe you're not able to attend any of those games this weekend, but you want to get in a little bit on the action, get a little bit of that feel. So you wonder, why don't you go over to Bet Online? Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. You could find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf, and like we just said, college football coming up this weekend. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, futures, and more. Head on over today to Bet Online. You can use your mobile device and join today. You can just go to their website at betonline.ag. Use their promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V, and the number 50 to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 50%. Bet online where the game starts. Now, I will mention this. This is not in the read, but I will mention this. For those of you that be like, okay, I, I live in a state that has you know US-based books. Why should I go to a place like Bet Online? I will tell you this. I am in Illinois. I live in Chicago. I wanted to bet on the Wyoming Illinois game this weekend. I wanted to bet on, obviously, the huge game, the biggest game of the weekend, which was in Dublin, Northwestern, and Nebraska. Well, certain regulations here in this state do not allow me through those means, through any of the books that I currently have access to and signed up with here in the state of Illinois, to bet on those universities. You know where I was able to bet on those universities? Bet online. So just keep in mind wherever you might be listening to us that you might have more options available to you, particularly if you're a big college football fan, which I imagine you probably are if you're listening to the show, at least on some level. You may want to use bet online, but let's get right into it here with some of the rookie quarterbacks. And let's start with really the guy that's coming off of an absolutely phenomenal preseason as a whole, but had a really, really good performance on Sunday to kind of cap off 
the really the end of the NFL preseason schedule, and that is Kenny Pickett. He was the first quarterback taken in the 2022 NFL draft, the only quarterback taken in the first round. 10 of 14 for 90 yards in this game. But if you look at it from the entire preseason, 29 of 36, 261 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Look to have a really strong command of this offense as a whole was making tight window throws, was making strong decisions, was showing you all of the things that made him such an appealing prospect coming out of Pitt, which was, look, he, he might not have the athletic prowess to the level of a Malik Willis. He might not have the arm strength of, let's say, a guy like Carson Strong coming out. But what he does have is instincts. What he does have is experience playing several years as the starter. At Pitt. This is not this is not a new starter that's still kind of learning the position. This is not a Trey Lance situation where we're talking about just the the limited amount of actual throwing reps that he had leading up to going number three overall in the 2021 draft to San Francisco. You know, this is somebody that we slapped and whether it's TDN, whether it was whatever source, the, the label of pro ready, or and even most pro ready was slapped on Kenny Pickett. And I, we're going to have an very interesting couple weeks here that leads between now and week one. If if you were to ask me if if you know, uh, I had to make a choice. You know, I, I had to bet my house on something. Think Mitch Trubisky starts week one. I, I'm not sure that's the decision I would make. I, I'm kind of go by this motto, and again, it's. I realize I say this as somebody that's not in the Steelers building. You know, I don't see these quarterbacks. Every single day, I don't. I'm not watching the film with them, other than what we're, what's available to us from the from the preseason games. Obviously, we don't get to see practice film from that they have internally. But I kind of live by the motto that if you're gonna sit a rookie quarterback, which by the way, nothing wrong with that. We're gonna talk about some quarterbacks later that need to sit. But if you're gonna sit a rookie quarterback. It needs to be clear that he is behind the veterans for you. It needs to be very clear that he can't do enough to help your football team win right now than the veteran option. And I'm not sure that's the case here in Pittsburgh. Now, I'm, I, I don't think this is glaring. I don't think this is, oh my goodness, if Mike Tomlin starts Mitchell Trubisky, this this is going to cost him the playoff spot, and it's the end of the world. This is the worst. I'm not saying that because the reality is is it's a razor thin QB competition, if you want to call it that. But to me, that says all I need to know. If it's that close, play the rookie. If it's that close, let the guy get the reps in, because it's not like Mitchell Trubisky is your long term option. He was going to be your bridge. And by the way, he was your insurance in case Kenny Pickett didn't fall to you. We, we had no idea what this quarterback situation was going to look like. And if you remember, uh, it was a wild scene leading up to and on draft night. I mean, there were, there were talks that a QB could go as high as number two, the Malik Willis, and even a couple rumbles of Kenny Pickett, number two to Detroit was high. We talked about the Saints maybe taking a quarterback, the Seahawks maybe taking a quarterback. Heck, if you remember on draft eve, maybe not, not even draft eve, draft evening, the evening of the draft, we started to hear rumblings about the Houston Texans being linked to Kenny Pickett, if you remember that. 
So we had no idea, and neither did the Steelers, aside from that one-off season where we had that lockout, where we had free agency you know, after the draft. They had no idea what the quarterback situation was going to look like. None whatsoever. So you make the deal for Trubisky understanding that you want to go after a quarterback, but you now don't, A, don't have to, or in this case, don't have to trade up. And B, you give yourself that option if that quarterback isn't ready. I think Kenny Pickett's ready to at least start week one. Steelers open the season against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Not an easy game by any means, but it's a game they're going to have to put up some points. Joe Burrow should be full at full speed by then. Obviously, we all know what Cincinnati did last year, but we all know what they can do offensively. The weapons, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon out of the backfield, a revamped offensive line. Steelers are going to have to put up some points on the road in this game in order to win. I'm playing picket here, but if he doesn't go here, you start to look at the upcoming schedule and you start to wonder how long this could go. And you know, you you play at home against New England. It's a very winnable game, especially considering what we've seen from the Patriots' offense this preseason. At Cleveland, very winnable game with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Home against the Jets, it's a winnable game. To me, and then you you enter a, a, a kind of a really a murderer's row stretch after that for a little bit here. And this is where I, I get concerned because if you if you you don't. How can I say this without overstating this? Sometimes we see coaches, they don't want to throw their young quarterback to the walls right away. But the way I look at the schedule for Pittsburgh is if if you continue to wait, it's going to get worse for you. If you don't want to play Kenny Pickett for at Cincinnati, home New England, at Cleveland, home Jets, okay, that's your first quarter of the schedule. Where do you want to play him? Because then after that, and this is where the Steelers are going to have some issues here, at Buffalo, home Tampa Bay, at Miami, at Philadelphia, home New Orleans, home Cincinnati, at Indianapolis, at Atlanta, very winnable game, but then home Ravens at Carolina. Like there's, But let's just talk about that stretch there. You, you, are you going to throw Kenny Pickett at Buffalo, at home Tampa, at Miami, at Philly? Is that where you want him to get his first NFL starts? Or do you want him, since he's already close enough with Mitch Trubisky, to kind of get those starts out of the way? Work through some of the lumps against slightly lesser defenses, and more importantly, slightly lesser offenses aside from Cincinnati, that you're not going to ask him to put up 30 points for you to have a chance. I don't know. And, and you know, from a fantasy perspective here, I, there's not a huge difference for me in, in my projections. For those of you that have followed the Draft Network for a while now, and you can see these under the fantasy tab, I, I do projections for like 300 plus players. Uh, in terms of fantasy points per game, I don't see a huge difference between the two. Uh, I, I have Mitchell Trubisky in the games he were to start at an average, again, this will depend on matchups, you know, defenses that you play that we all know at about a shade over 18 and a half fantasy points per game. Uh, I have Kenny Pickett at around 17.9. So we're looking at a very, from a fantasy perspective, very similar output. And quite frankly, from a fantasy perspective, 
You might try to have Pickett because I, I don't see like, – if I were to ask you right now who's going to end the season as a starter, it's way more likely Pickett starting late in the season than it is Trubisky, right? And even if, you, even if you're like a, um, a week one kind of person, you know, as I've, I've started to kind of look through some of my week one, you know, rankings. And again, I'm, I'm not sure you're, you're jumping for joy to start either one of these guys, to be perfectly honest with you. But, you know, right now I have Mitchell Trubisky as a, like for this coming week, given the matchup that he's going to face against Cincinnati. You know, he's hanging out around QB 15. I mean, you're in a single league and, and Pickett would be right in that, you know, Pickett would be, you know, probably QB 16, QB 17 in there. Let me see what actually, let's see where, well, yeah. So, I mean, in a single quarterback league, you probably don't care. You're probably not starting any of these guys week one, but in Superflex League, you're absolutely starting one of these Steelers in week one. And quite frankly, they could be a, a, an upper end, an upper half Superflex slash second quarterback for your team. So it, it's pretty significant to kind of see how he's been able to play so far this preseason. And I would, I don't know, to me, but we're going to move on to, to some of these other guys because he's not the only one. But to me, I think it would be a mistake. Uh, not a huge one. But a minor mistake uh, for Mitch Trubisky to start week one over Kenny Pickett. I, I think Pickett has shown enough from a mental aptitude, from a progressions, from a reading the field, from a comfortability in the pocket, comfortability throwing. Uh, I, everything that I've seen from him, poise would be the word. I would describe everything I've seen from him so far. So I think he's ready for the role right out of the gate if he is. Um, or if Trubisky is, regardless, for fantasy purposes, either one of them is, is a solid super flex option for you. But uh, in Dynasty, and I know of those of you that are in Superflex Dynasty, I know a lot are hoping that Kenny Pickett, like myself, will start sooner rather than later. So you either have that QB3 you can trust, or you can slip him right in that super flex spot and get on with it from there. So we will see here in the next couple of weeks whether or not we get a rookie week one starter at quarterback because there's nobody else that's going to start week one. Nobody else has got a chance of the rookie class barring something unbelievably crazy. Kenny Pickett's going to be the only one there. Let's move on to Malik Willis, who is, is a really interesting candidate because I know everybody has been waiting and basically expecting Ryan Tannehill to lose his job at any time. Uh, I've talked to a few different Titans people. Obviously, I've got to see a lot of Malik Willis during the pre-draft process, got to see him uh, at the Combine in Indianapolis and then in, in person, and then obviously got to see him uh, on the field here uh, as a viewer during the preseason. And you know, there, there are a couple things that come to mind for me right now, and, and he looks kind of like what we thought he would look like. The athletic traits... And the athleticism that he has showed, particularly in that game against Arizona this past weekend, are off the charts, which we knew, which is going to lead to a massive fantasy boon at some point when he gets a chance to start. Because you think about where we're ranking guys like Justin Fields, where we're ranking guys like Trey Lance, where we're ranking guys like Jalen Hurts, and what they're able to do, and quite frankly, what they do not have to do as throwers of the football in order to be quality fantasy options. You know, Malik Willis could be that next 
you know, blow-end QB1 when he gets a chance to start. The question is, is does that happen this year? I don't think so. You know, I alluded to earlier and I kind of cut myself off there about, you know, talking to some Titans people. From what I understand, the plan, and again, all good plans, but the plan is that he would not play a snap in the regular season for them. I don't think there's a short leash on Ryan Tannehill. I think the media and fans think there's a much shorter leash on Ryan Tannehill than those inside the Titans organization, and Mike Vrabel in particular. There's no doubt that Tannehill struggled at times last year. Struggled mightily. Struggled to the point where like, it was very obvious that he was, if not the problem, a problem. But he also had stretches where he was strong, and he had stretches over the last two seasons prior where he was a major factor in Tennessee being as good as they were. And I know everybody kind of forgets this, but the Titans were the number one seed in the AFC last year. I know it doesn't mean anything because you didn't win a playoff game. You didn't go to the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. It's all nice. That's all fine and dandy. Unless you're the Colts, you get to hang a banner of like, oh, we're your AFC semifinalist or something. But I mean, it doesn't matter. But I also, I don't think this is a team that is on the verge of making quarterback change. I And I go back to when Tannehill was acquired by Tennessee, and I felt going into that season with Marcus Mariota as a starter that they were more driven, more hungry for a quarterback change then than they are now. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm not saying it can't happen. And the reality is, is the Titans have AFC South aspirations. They have AFC aspirations and quite frankly, they have Super Bowl aspirations. They wouldn't be my pick. They wouldn't be among my top two or three picks in the AFC. But it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what they think. And if Ryan Tannehill does have a prolonged stretch where it appears that he is the problem, I could see this happening. The problem is it's going to have to be late in the year because I don't think Mike Vrabel is going to make this move early. So the question is, if you're, you're, you're in a redraft league, are you going to tie up a bench spot to potentially have Malik Willis for the playoffs? I'm probably not. If you're in a dynasty league, you probably didn't draft Malik assuming you were going to get a lot of value in year one. And I still feel that way. But I'm actually more bullish on him now than when I was coming out of the draft. And I, here's one thing that I think he's done a really good job with in Tennessee and something we saw a flash with that I got to see personally at the Senior Bowl on Mobile, he takes coaching well. He takes coaching to heart. He's a coachable player. And that's a really tough trait for somebody like me or anybody here on the outside to analyze. I'm not in that locker room. But what I can tell and what I could tell at the Senior Bowl was from talking to people there and talking to the coaches and hearing what they're saying and hearing what the players are saying, explaining the points their coaches have made them, the improvements they wanted to see made. And then you watch them go back out in the field and make those improvements. And we saw it at the Senior Bowl. We've seen it throughout this preseason here with Tennessee because Mike Vrabel has been very vocal when there have been issues with Malik Willis that he wanted him to fix. And he's taken coaching well, which is a great sign. Uh, of all the rookie quarterbacks, he would, again, assuming you don't need somebody to start for you this year, he would be my QB1 in Dynasty. And that's not exactly a hot take, um, but 
you, even if you told me Kenny Pickett start, you, you tell me right now Mike Tomlin's coming on and saying he Kenny Pickett starts week one. Still take Malik. Just for the long-term upside that I think is here. Because I don't think Ryan Tannehill is a long-term future. So this to me goes, if you're waiting for 2023 and beyond, I just think Malik Willis' upside is so much higher. Pickett's floor is higher. But Malik's ceiling through the roof. So I, I'm really excited to see what he is able to do. Um, I, I don't see a logical spot right now where he starts because like I said, I, I don't expect Tennessee to force the issue. T- Ryan Tannehill will have to actively and consistently lose that job for Malik Willis to get it. And I just don't necessarily see that happening. And I also can see the Titans changing some of the things they do on offense before they make this move. I don't think they want Malik Willis to lead them into the postseason. So as long as Tannehill isn't an absolute utter disaster, I don't think we see much of Malik Willis this year. Next year? Well, if he, if he progresses throughout the season and is coached throughout the season and into the offseason and in next year's training camp, preseason, like we have seen in the brief stint in Mobile, and the slightly longer but still brief stint of this preseason, you've got a player. And that's exciting. Desmond Ritter got a lot of run uh, in the final preseason game for Atlanta against the Jaguars. Uh, Very, very mixed bag. Um, Looks like a rookie. Turnovers, uh, I mean, do a pick on his first play, uh, which is... An inauspicious way to start the night, to say the least. But uh, he looks like a rookie, and you know he. This was an interesting case when he got drafted by Atlanta, knowing that you know they weren't on the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. They didn't get him. Uh, right now, they're going into the season with Marcus Mariota as their starting quarterback. It's a job that can be taken. I just don't necessarily think Desmond Ritter's going to take it yet. Uh, I also don't necessarily think he is guaranteed to be their quarterback of the future either. And I think that would be my concern is that Arthur Smith got this team to play above their talent level last year. And maybe they can do so again. But this is not a talented football team. And this is also a team that's going to have a lot of offensive, a lot of transition in general next offseason, almost regardless of their record. Because Calvin Ridley... He's going to come back, but I don't think he's coming back and playing for Atlanta. He's going to come back and get traded. I mean, we saw reports that he almost got traded to Philadelphia. You start to wonder the butterfly effect. Well, if he does, if Ridley doesn't get suspended, does he go to Philadelphia? Where does AJ Brown go? Where does AJ Brown maybe go to Arizona, or does he go? So, all of this stuff uh, it comes out there. But I don't. Where I, I believe that the Titans, given Malik Willis's skill set, can see him becoming their starter down the road. I don't know if the Falcons, again, I'll talk later in the third, but like, I don't know if the Falcons are as locked into that. Because to me, a lot of it's just about the record. Like the Titans aren't going to go five and 12. So they're not going to have access to the upper echelon of this 2023 quarterback class, which right now we believe to include CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, um, maybe Anthony Richardson. 
maybe somebody else to be determined. We'll see. But as it stands right now, if they're picking one, two, three, four, five, where Super Bowl odds pretty much everybody have them projected to be, I don't think they're going to pass on one of those quarterbacks to give Desmond Ritter the real shot. So that's the risk you're taking when you take him in a dynasty format, because obviously you're not drafting Ritter and redraft, but in a dynasty format, that's the risk that you take with him. Is that are you drafting him hoping that, oh, okay, you know, understandably so that Marcus Mariota is on, you know, fairly shaky ground. It's not like he's earned a long leash, but that quarterback room is rough, quite frankly. Like their third quarterback is, is moonlighting as a tight end right now. So it's a tough room, but I'm just not, I just have this feeling. I really do. You know, Ritter fell onto their lap, and I'm not saying that they wouldn't give him the chance. And maybe they have pause if, let's say, they finish with the number one pick. And if they're debating between Will Anderson and a quarterback, maybe in that case, having Ritter lets them take the best player available at Will Anderson Jr. But I don't think Desmond Ritter's presence is going to prevent them from taking a top quarterback. So my concern long-term here is that he's just, he's got a long way to go to really make an impact. And I'm not sure he's going to get the time to do it. So if you're taking him, I guess I would say that your best case scenario is in Dynasty is that the Falcons do a little bit better than you expect. Which A, probably means he doesn't start for you because he's not going to start at all this season if they're doing well. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I don't see a scenario where he's doing well and like the Falcons are hovering near 500 and also are playing Desmond Ritter. So you kind of, that that's your long-term hope is that they get themselves out of that top area. But it's, it's risky. Uh, you know, of the rookie QBs right now, he's, I think he's clearly three. You're, you're taking Willis, you're taking Pickett, but then I think that he's clearly three, but he's kind of like, I'm not feeling as good about it. But I, I definitely feel better about him than some of the other guys we're about to talk about. So some of the other rookies, it, to kind of, tie a bow on some of this. Um, you know, Matt Corral's obviously out for the year, Liz Frank injury. Um, tough situation for him. Obviously, Carolina's quarterback situation beyond this year is completely up in the air. You have two quarterbacks playing on the fifth-year option. Obviously, Sam Darnold will not be back. That That's pretty obvious. Will Baker Mayfield? Maybe. But we don't know. Um, even if they're, neither of them are back, Matt Corral's not going to be their starter going into next season, particularly after missing his entire rookie year with a foot injury. So might be a new court and decent chances, a new coach there next year as well. So, um, corral, probably five. Unless the rookie horse, I haven't talked about number four guy yet, but I, I have a number five right now. For those of you that are doing your dynasty drafts, um, the QB that comes in at number six for me is Bailey Zappi. Um, again, I just don't, I, I didn't understand this pick when it was made. I just don't see the path of playing time. We don't need to spend much time on here. But 
guy that would be QB4 for me that I think is at least intriguing enough to talk about. And, um, you know, a lot of con got cut. Skylar Thompson looks fun, but not really somebody I think he needs roster right now in fantasy. Same with, uh, with Rock, uh, Brock Purdy. But Sam Howell, I'm intrigued. And I didn't think I would be. But I think he's looked really strong all preseason and looked strong in this final game. He took he took every snap at quarterback here. Was running around a bit. Got some gamer to him. I don't know if he's ever going to be anything more than a like a journeyman 1B high-end backup type of player. But I look at Washington's QB room, and we can't just rule out the fact that Carson Wentz might just be terrible. It could, it, it's, it's well within the realm of possibility. And I don't necessarily think that we're going to see Sam Howell play this year because Taylor Heineke is there as well. And you, why, if, if Ron Ver is going to go to somebody, he's probably going to go to the guy that he's played before and not some rookie, particularly because his job might be on the line. And, and if you know, we kind of talked about that last week, myself and Ryan Fowler, when we were breaking down the, the Washington running back situation, which uh, unfortunately, um, due to some just very sad circumstances, got even more complicated for non-fantasy reasons, for non-football reasons, to be perfectly honest with you. And uh, we wish Brian Robinson the best in a, in a full recovery. Uh, but on for his teammate Sam Howell here, I could see him getting snaps in 2023. I really could. I, I do think that's a possibility. So if, if you're going to take a flyer on one of these quarterbacks, I mean, I would take a flyer on Howell before I would Corral or Zappi or, or Skylar Thompson, who's gotten a lot of buzz this preseason. Howell could be interesting. Uh, I could see, like, I don't, I, I don't see a scenario where he enters 2023 as a starting quarterback for Washington, but I could certainly see him ending 2023 as a starting quarterback. Not saying it's likely, not predicting it, just saying I, I think it's possible. So that, that's kind of the, 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 the wraparound here of the rookie quarterback situation as we get into the big week of drafts. Uh, the reality is, is if you're in a redraft league, Kenny Pickett's the only one you care about, even in Superflex. If you're in a dynasty, Debbie, rookie keeper, whatever it might be, uh, Malik Willis would be one. Kenny Pickett would be two. I would put a gap. Desmond Ritter, three. Gap. Sam Howell, four. And then I think at that point, you're going to go Bailey Zappi, five. Matt Corral, six. Skylar Thompson, seven. And then that's, that's really all that I care about at this point uh, of the rookie quarterbacks. So there it is. It is, it's going to be an exciting, exciting final stretch here. Keep an eye out for final cut day coming this week. Not just cut day, but there's going to be a lot of movement. So you'll see initial cuts. Then you'll see guys go to waivers. Guys become free agents. Other teams sign them and then cut more guys. It's kind of this, 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 this cycle here for the bottom of your roster. Just keep an eye on some of these names because you can get an edge on your league mates if you're paying attention to see what's happening, who is moving to what opportunities. Look who see who might, I don't know, join a running back situation in Washington, a running back situation in Atlanta, wide receivers in Atlanta, wide receivers in Chicago. 
just kind of keep an eye on where some of these playmakers might be going. Tight ends in New York, even. New York Giants, I should say. Just kind of keep an eye on some of these situations that are around the league. Maybe even running back in New York, because right now Matt Breda is, is the, back, the direct backup to Saquon. So just kind of keep an eye on some of these names if you're looking for very bottom of the roster flyer guys that, that people aren't paying attention to, might not even know in your own league that they changed teams this week. Keep an eye out for it. It'll give you a nice little advantage. But in the meantime, make sure you go to thedraftnetwork.com underneath the fantasy tab. You will see my final, and I shouldn't say final, that will continue to be updated, but my, my final as of right now rankings for your draft, for those of you that are doing redraft leagues. My projections for the season. And at the end of the week, I will have, for those of you that are playing uh, across the board, my week one rankings will be out at the end of the week. So make sure you're checking that out at the Draft Network on Twitter, at the Draft Network on Instagram, thedraftnetwork.com. You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter, Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. Ray and Keith will be back midweek, and I will catch you all next time.